The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to, him, to them in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them, and blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That, brothers and sisters, is what we are celebrating today on this third Sunday of Advent, this moment of um, reprieve, this moment of rejoicing at the coming of the Lord. So have you been? I don't know. But I want to paint two pictures for us today. I'm not going to actually paint them because I'm a terrible artist, but let's use our imaginations. So the first is regarding John the Baptist. Maybe we know some stuff about him, that he was the dude who was in the desert and he was kind of weird and he wore sackcloth and ate locusts. Yes. At the same time, we know he's the cousin to Jesus, that he's the first to recognize the Messiah who leaps in the womb as an infant or as a, as a yeah, a thing in the womb, a child. It's not an infant yet. We know that he's in prison, that he's later killed by Herod. But what else about John? When this person's in prison, you're usually cut off from the outside world. You don't hear about a lot of news going on. And the fact that Jesus' works were so captivating that they reached John says something, that there was something going on, that, that it was making a big stir. So when John hears this, he knew what his mission had been. He knew his mission had been to proclaim and prepare a way for the Lord. So he sends the disciples, and you can almost imagine this exasperated voice like, is this the guy? Like, are, seriously? Him? It's your cousin, bro. Chill out. But maybe he's also like, because he's in prison, he, know that he knows there's nothing more he can do. He's like, please tell me this is the one. Like, please tell me I knew it was all worth it. So we don't, in fact, really know what that idea was, but there's this hope that he had to have had, this hope that, yeah, I've done my task, I've completed my mission, I've prepared a way for the Lord for everyone else. So Jesus replied back to them, you know, the idea of like, is this the guy? Jesus says, yep, 
I'm the guy. Like, how do I know that? Well, that first reading from Isaiah is a lot of the illumination of what Jesus repeats. So he talks about the blind, the lame, and the lepers. That uh, Isaiah miracle prophecy is linked to God. And so Jesus uses that to reaffirm to John and his disciples, you found the Messiah. Without so much saying, you found the Messiah. So then he goes on. Now Jesus is, is kind of giving us a little bit more um, food for thought regarding John. He says, among women, like among children born, whatever, there is none greater. So you think about the Old Testament. You think about guys like Moses and Abraham, um, Isaiah, David, like big, big deal people. And Jesus is saying John's the top dog. John is the guy at the end of the day. Like, he's the best of the best. But then he goes on. And he doesn't discount John. He doesn't take away from what John's done or anyone else. But he says, while John is the best of the Old Testament, this new covenant that's about to come, that's, that, that's coming because of me, even the lowliest saint is greater than him. And so the thing about this, if we're part of that covenant... And Jesus is saying, John is the guy, the top dog, the, the one and only. Anyone in the new covenant is greater. Let that soak into your head for a second. That Jesus already declared, like, we're actually even greater. Doesn't take away from what John's done. Doesn't, doesn't, dis, doesn't diminish him in any way. It just emphasizes the new relationship. It emphasizes the new reality of what Jesus is trying to bring about. So that's our picture of John. This is the guy who did crazy stuff, but was, was firm in his discipline, never swayed, never diverted from his mission. He knows he's in prison. He's, he knows he's at the end. He's like, just tell me this is the one. And Jesus affirms that for him. So let's look, paint one more picture. That's all of the prep, Right? There's a little bit more prep to do. What do you think was happening in Bethlehem this week, 2,000 plus years ago? I bet someone was probably going to the market and getting some food. I bet people were, you know, doing their daily tasks. I highly doubt they were out doing caroling or, you know, going to different parties and stuff. Like, well, why? Why weren't they doing that? Because Jesus hasn't come yet. Jesus hasn't been born yet. Now, people continue to hear this from me. I am not anti-Christmas. I am extremely pro-Christmas. On Christmas. At the same time, things are going to happen. You know, we're going to do stuff. We're going to spend time together. We're going to go out and do stuff. I went to the, the Honeywell show last night. It was actually really good. Sidewalk Prophets. They did a great Christmas show. I liked it. Like, we're going to do stuff. That's fine. That's okay. Our, our school has their Christmas program coming up this week. Like, we get it. The question still remains, are we doing too much? Have we, have we overextended ourselves trying to get all the stuff done leading up to Christmas so that when Christmas comes, we're just like, I'm so thankful it's over. It's just starting. <laughs> Like, what were they doing in Bethlehem at this time? 
Joseph's probably thinking like, all right, I get the donkey ready. We've got to get some provisions. I hope there's room at the inn. I haven't, booked a, I haven't booked ahead of time. I don't know. Planning is purposeful. And so there was still all that preparation. Like, there's, it's important that we stay in a place of preparation. Not that we ignore all the Christmas stuff. That's impossible. But that we stay in a mindset of, of preparation because Christmas, when it comes, we don't want it to just be a day. And the church doesn't want it to just be a day. The church actually designs it to be in an octave, eight days, that for eight days after Christmas, we celebrate Christmas. Again, like Groundhog Day. It's awesome. And then we have the season of Christmas and the 12 days of Christmas. And like, we love Christmas. But we have to prepare. And so am, am I doing too much? Am I, am I getting blamed for not doing enough? Like, it's, it's, I give you permission to slow down. If you need an excuse to get out of an event, you can blame the priest, okay? My priest said I have to do less. Fine, I don't care. Use me. Doesn't get you out of confession, though. <laughs> so I want to just leave us with this. It's, it's, it's a little out there as far as a, a task goes, a, a, a challenge, but I think we can make it happen because it really focuses, this, focuses us in on this preparation mindset, this anticipation mindset. So let me just kind of finish the picture. When we find out, you know, someone is pregnant, we rejoice. Like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you're going to have a baby. But we don't celebrate the birth until the birth, right? Like, I don't know anyone that celebrates a birth pre-birth. Like, we haven't celebrated a baptism yet for the baby who hasn't been born yet. But when the baby's born, we're going to have a baptism. In the same way, like, we, we rejoice when someone's engaged, um, but we don't celebrate the marriage, and we don't have all the party until the marriage day. Like, you didn't have a pre-marriage marriage party, right? In the same way, we, we can anticipate the life ending, like, you know, if that can, there can be sadness there, but we don't mourn until the funeral, so think about this idea. What kind of praise, what kind of prayer would you offer to a newborn child or for a newborn child? What kind of toast would you give to a newly married couple? Or what kind of eulogy would you offer for a, 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 a recently deceased friend? We're going to take that mindset, the prayer, the toast, and the eulogy, and we want to offer that all for Jesus. Because as Jesus is born, he's also married to the church, to us, and at the same time has to die. Like one, they're, they're like all one and the same. But this period of anticipation is for that. For the birth and the marriage and the death. So we give praise, we give a toast, we give a eulogy. Um, so in the prayer, again, however you want to break it down, it's the, those three parts. It's Jesus the infant, Jesus the Messiah, and Jesus in the resurrection. And, and write out a prayer um, of some form that acknowledges, highlights, and honors all three realities of God. That's a great way for us to continue to prepare for this coming rejoiceful day. 
not, not ignoring the other things that are going on, but instead allowing our hearts to do exactly what John the Baptist wanted, to prepare a way for the Lord. So does that make sense? Did I explain that clear enough? Like, take, take some time this week, kind of write out a prayer that highlights a way to like, give praise to the, the new birth, you know, a toast for a marriage and a, a eulogy for a, a deceased. Like, um, but turn it all into a prayer that highlights the person of Jesus in those, in those places. Um, and then like, give him that gift when you come close to Christmas.